Bonjour, this is the Troll de Grasse EC. Welcome, welcome to an extra special 12.5 episode of Potoms Up. Uh, to my side, per the norm, is my good buddy Blado. How you doing, Blado? Excellent, although I'm often across from you, but I, I have given up that seat to our special Educated. guest. Who would that be? Uh, big Wave. Big wave. big wave is here to join us because we had a rather special event this evening that he was so um, uh, generous in providing the tickets for. We also have a returning guest um, manning the uh, the board, what would you call it? The engineering department. Yes. The keyboard. Um, the keyboard. And, and that is Half Pint. Half Pint. Who, Welcome back. Happy to be here. Uh, she did our remote show and once again Nobs is unable to... Uh, be here with us. Um, so always good to have a returning guest. But um, uh, Half Point also attended the special event. Yep. Uh, and the special event was really kind of unique and interesting. And I think historic. I think we'll look back at it and say we were able to see Woodward and Bernstein live. You know, as as, yeah. as, as kind of a I don't know. There's a specialness to it. I. You know, I always talk about how I had the privilege of seeing Margaret Margaret Thatcher speak live, and that's kind of like one of those things that I I kind of carry around with me. And maybe Woodward and Bernstein will will have that same kind of um, uh, history or legacy with you know with ourselves uh, later on down the road, if not even this evening, right? Yeah. yeah. So the, so what it was it was there was this. Uh, um, I, I don't think they're on tour, right? I mean. If they were on tour, the tickets would have cost something. <laughs> my it seems like a, a I think one, it was a special engagement for the, the group they mentioned that brought them in. Uh, right, at the Macomb Community, Community Center. And then they met with, I'm assuming, what were probably journalist majors or journalist yes, students earlier today. So um, we weren't privy to that. That was... Uh, you know, for students only, which would have been awesome because they, they, they only had about 100, 130 students, I think they said there. Um, and then they opened it up into the auditorium uh, for a, a general um, a general topic. And um, the ticket, the ticket it was called uh, Building Block of Democracy, the Role of the Free Press in America. Um, with Woodward and Bernstein. Uh, and for those that might be listening and don't know who Woodward and Bernstein are, um, they are the uh, famous journalists that broke open the Watergate case and have done many other spectacular and were journalistic and newsworthy. for all the President's Men, the movie. Uh, right, right. Yeah, but all based on the Watergate. Thing. Prolific authors and um, yeah, still working. And a lot more to offer, I think. Especially uh, Woodward. Yeah, Woodward. He's just a little bookmaker, eh? He just goes. Nineteen books, go- I think. Yeah, yeah and and still works for the Wapo, which is you know pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Bernstein um, just goes on CNN whenever he can and talks about Watergate. Vanity Fair as well. I think they mentioned <laughs> Vanity Fair. Yeah. Yeah, they said he was a contributor for Vanity Fair and uh, still doing it on CNN. Um, so. You know, we 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 just uh, flew here to our makeshift studios. hadn't really had any time to uh, recap or decompress about what we witnessed. Um, I think uh, kind of just go around and see, you know, what what first impressions were. Uh, let's let's start uh, with, with 
with you, Fred. My first impression is I'm thirsty. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I thought you so, started with beer. So I'm going I'm to... You got me here under false circumstances. I'm going to cut you, I'm gonna cut you off. Now, Big Wave was told there was beer. I was promised beer. And you're beer. launching right in. And, and there is beer. And there is beer. Okay, so what do we got? Let's go. Well, it's hard to remember all these oh, things, beer. you know? All right. Uh, so, from Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, Blotto was there on business for the last couple of days, and so he mm-hmm. treated us to a West Coast uh, beer. It's yeah. called the Blonde Express Coffee Blonde. Uh, let's see, I didn't get a chance to look over the can, but we have 5% alcohol, 50%. <laughs> And uh, episode twelve. Speak. Yes, as we when you uh, said it was twelve point five episode, I thought you were referring to the beer. I'm no, very no. sad. It's only five oh. percent. This is we kid, would be dead. This will be kiss your sister tonight. Uh, but it's a very cool looking can. I like the coffee beans on it. So real quickly, Elk Brewery is a little um, it probably falls into that mini or micro brewery um, category. Fred, what are you looking for? <laughs> My coaster, dude. Under um, your cup. You have oh, it. You're using it. it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Off the rails this early. Uh, that's why it's a 5%. <laughs> okay, I'll kiss my sister. Um, anyway, Elk it. Brewery is, a, is a, a micro or mini brewery in Grand Rapids. It's kind of off the beaten path. You know, you, you've got the downtown where you, you have the founders and... You know the Hopcats and whatnot, but you got to go back into the hoods to find this place. So I don't even know if they distribute their 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 product through normal means. I have not seen it in the locals that I visit looking for Michigan beers. Um, and uh, so a friend of mine has taken me there. That's this is my my second or third trip there, and I didn't even know that they had packaged goods that you could take out. But it turned out I could buy a six pack. Um, I didn't have this particular beer while I was there, but I did do a taste of it. And for me, a coffee blonde is a little unique because uh, the blondes are lighter beers. and Usually they put the coffee in the stouts. In the stouts and, and the porters and whatnot. And so when I tried this beer, I got to say it was um, a little bit more. Well, we'll, we'll all be the judge. So let's uh, open them up and pour them up. And, you know, we'll, we'll give them a shot. Um, a very friendly place. Like I said, I can... I've never heard of it. Can only uh, give a shout out to, to those guys. They also have a really uh, kind of cool little program that if you like any of the beers that they have on tap that evening, uh, you can... They, they can put it in the can and seal the can. they got like this little machine that seals the can right there for you. So you can buy a four-pack or a six-pack in 20-ounce cans while you're waiting if you happen to like what they have on tap. I really like that option. Mm-hmm. What was it? It was Axel Brewery? That a- Axel, I guess, has the same thing. Uh, this one I saw. I've not seen the Axel one. Lefty told us about it. Right. Um, so. <clears throat> well, bottoms yeah. up. Bottoms up. Let's give her a taste. Bottoms up. Don't forget half pint. Oh! oh, oh boy. Boy. Nice. Not my fault. Interesting. Yours color. is doing something Why interesting. Why is yours doing whatever? Oh, that's it? just your cup. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> no, it's the Daredevil cup. Perception and reality. I was concerned. Um, <clears throat> I like the start. Mm. All right, big wave. Is a... Since you're our guest, we'll let you start. First of all, thanks for having me. You're I'm, uh, I'm honored and privileged, and 
Um, well, you provided the uh, the tickets, so yeah, the, there you go. <laughs> but uh, and uh, amazing, anybody want to hear me bloviate? <laughs> but now you're stuck with me at least for this beer. So um, no, nice. I don't know all the technical terms for beer. Um, did, did you detect the, the coffee in there? Yes, nice mm-hmm. initial taste. I'm not sure if I like the the aftertaste. I guess you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the bitterness of the coffee lingers a little bit on the aftertaste, but but some people really enjoy that. That's that's part of bitter beer it, appeal. If I may give you a little guidance, at least from our show's perspective, what we try to do is to determine if this beer is for me, is not for me, or just meh. Kind of in the middle. You're right? not right. sure. And also sometimes what we found, and it's definitely happened with the darker beers, mm-hmm. that we haven't made a judgment until we've gotten finished with it, because you know how it is with beer sometimes. Oh, yeah, general rule. We try all kinds of new beers, especially mm-hmm. after Racquetball. Right, such, right. Yeah, you always wait till you finish at least one. So, I mean, if, yeah. if you aren't ready to make a call on it, you can yeah, we'll check back in. or Yeah, or that, that was just an initial from the first slurp. And half, half pint? Uh, you're, you're almost down to a half pint. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> um, my, my first sip, I was like, yes, all in. It's weird because I really like the stouts and the dark beers, but I usually kind of veer away when they say, like, strong coffee flavor. Mm. So when I saw this, I was like, mm. and I don't like blondes usually either. So it was negative just looking at the can going in, but I really liked it. The aftertaste does get a little bit to me, but right now I'm more meh leaning towards for me. All right. Okay. Grassy? Well, I do like the coffee. Um, I'm not a fan of the blonde beers normally, so that part is, is still kind of holding true. So I'd say for right now... See, it was, the, it was the coffee in the blonde that made me get it because, you know, also in limited experience of a dozen podcasts or whatever we've done, um, you know, we do seem to, I think we're starting to gravitate towards more of those full body, darker, rich flavor beers. And normally blondes don't offer that. So when I saw the coffee with the blonde, like to me that was unique. Um, somebody mentioned another one that is also a coffee blonde, and um, and said, "Oh yeah, you know if you like that, you would like." And uh, bear with me one second. Um, bean left. flicker. Has anyone bean ever had oh, a bean that's, flicker? Yes. That's what I have at. Michigan. Oh, 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 do you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a coffee blonde, Mm -hmm. according to. So I didn't. So I may have tasted that. I probably have have tasted that over there. It's terrific. There's something about this. Just a contrast them. This is personal taste, at least. At least an initial couple slips. Sips. Slips. Slips. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The bean flicker, for some reason, just finishes nicer for. Okay, say that that five times. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. (laughs) Blonde. Blonde bean, bean flicker. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. All right. The way I feel about it, I like the initial coffee, but actually as it goes towards the finish, it's kind of leaving me a little empty, wanting something a little bit stronger. And it may definitely be leaning towards what you just said about the, the darker, the richer, the heavier beers that we have been experiencing. So yeah. that's where I'm at on it. I, yeah, I'm at least say, I didn't get another Pilsner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fail, fail. Contrast that to a lager. <laughs> you don't want to go there. <laughs> that, that, that's a book. 
Wait till Gabby uh, gets pinned with that one. I'm, <laughs> I got guns a-blazing. Are you guys in for some beer talk? Um, in your opinion? Now that you've had more than a taste? You, you know, the, the taster that I had uh, two nights ago, I, I thought was a little bit better than this and it is a lingering beer i mean it really does linger it's not it's not hoppy so i i, I don't complain about it that way um uh, but you know i i'm i'm undecided as to whether i would put this in the for me or the meh i could very well see myself at this point in time ordering one if if i was in an establishment and i wanted something slightly lighter but a little bit more flavor and i said oh hey they've got Blonde, what do they call this thing? Coffee Blonde. Uh, blonde Express. That, we never even said the name of the, the actual beer. I think I did. No. Okay, so anyway, so yeah, they, oh, they got Blonde Express. I, I like that enough. So I'm, I'm, It might end up in the for me category. All right, so now, uh, back to the show. Uh, initial impressions. Let's just throw that out there. And, you know, I was one of those folks trying to take some notes in there, probably the only person in there trying to take some notes. No, you are not alone. There were people with laptops. Oh, really? The same role as us. Yeah, okay. Probably students. But yeah. yeah mm-hmm. There were people clicking away. Yeah, okay. There was also people chatting away. What wasn't there? That was fierce. Those were the guys up in the control shushed. booth. I shushed them. I stood, stood up, up and shushed. shushed. What, what, what I love... What I loved most about that, honestly, Fred, was your lack of hesitation. Like there, you, you weren't going to let that carry on another second longer. You stood up and shushed him. Shut right, up right, down. I, I saw like two or I three mean, people you, you, well, their head. around. They're all turning their head. Where's that coming from? And I'm going, it's up in the control booth. This is the guy running the show. That's why we need to get you a MAGA hat. <laughs> That would have completed the picture. The brash guy, you know, I don't care about anybody but me. Shush. Well, I don't know. I just felt compelled to shush him. You did? No. Kudos. And he shushed. Yes, they did. I shot him right down. Basic politeness. On top of that, we're at an event, a venue that you don't often share air with the likes of people like this. This is... Well, the lifetime you know stuff what? And, in their not and have them talking over. It's like come what on, they guys. were doing was not defensible. But in their defense, there were sliding windows, and I think their yes. window was open. I oh, think yeah. they didn't open. realize that their window was open, so they're yammering on, and they were talking political <laughs> they stuff. Were. They were. They were. That was, was the on funny topic. Part. Yes, they were like commentating off of what was going on on stage. Because I, I don't know what the bad. I, I didn't realize anything to the con- control center. I thought it was just. Somebody jabbered. That was Paula Tudman's boss, I think. <laughs> that was the guy in her ear, I think. That's who it was. Anyways, you asked me my first impression. Uh, anyone's first impression, sure. Well, I'll start. Uh, my first impression was awe. Like, those guys are like the Hall of Fame, if you you know were to compare this to sports. Those guys are it. And, and mm-hmm. she kind of started that way. In her introduction, talking about titans of industry. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they're they as big as the Bill Gates and computers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, you know, the O.J. Simpson of sports. Oh, boy. <laughs> of, you went of, there. Of, the O.J. Simpson of double murders <laughs> <laughs> and kidnapping. I was trolling. <laughs> you know what Blatant I mean. Blatant trolling. Uh, it isn't the Tom Brady, though. Anyways, uh, but... 
Yeah, I was definitely like in awe that they were there because we watch a fair amount of um, political news TV, and mm-hmm. you see them all the time on TV. And um, Woodward, especially, I don't, I don't know so much about Bernstein, but Woodward, I always love to listen to him talk. I love how slow and deliberate, and how he pronounces every syllable of every word. <laughs> Great voice. Yeah. I was and, and the beauty of words. I'm just yes. I'm mesmerized. Something we're missing here at at least speaking for myself. Yeah. I'm I'm mesmerized when he talks. That slow cadence in his stories are always funny. And like Paula Tudman said, the memory on these guys, I you know me. Mm-hmm. I live on a post-it note yeah. day to day, <laughs> yeah. and hear him talking about 1972 when, yeah. when Bernstein called him up and talked to him about the orange socks they had on. It's like, please, but yeah, it, that's my first impression. Yeah. Pass it on to uh, Half Pint. I agree. I was in awe. I this was like a last-minute thing for me. I didn't even know what was happening, and then you invited me, and it was awesome. Um, I was really excited when she, the moderator, like you said, when she was ramping it up, like I was getting really excited. And I, I unfortunately don't know of as much about this topic as I wish I did. I feel like in school, when we were learning, we learned a ton of history, but for some reason, every year in history, it kind of stopped around 1930s after <laughs> World War II. It was all of a sudden summer every year. Yeah, so I, I kind yeah. of, there's a big gap, which is unfortunate now, I think, because it's so related to kind of what we're seeing now and so I, I i think it's sad for me because i don't know as much but i was really excited are you they compelled were to see all the president's men or I, even read I, the book i i would rather read the book i have seen the movie i think part of the movie at least but either way they i thought they were awesome they're obviously very articulate and made a lot of good points and their stories were awesome i don't know i, I it's just incredible to to have the opportunity to hear them speak and it's amazing that the, the nightmare that has been the Trump presidency has given those guys even more rise mm-hmm. because of the all the um, comparisons back to the Watergate and to Nixon. And it, it's interesting that it's it even elevates them even more. It gives them even more credence yeah, you know, to bring all that stuff back up. Because they're a touchstone to reality and facts and fact-based journalism and, you know... People have to have something to, <laughs> some common touchstone for truth and fact and reality and and right. No, they and 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 they made that point uh, several times. Right, that that it still comes back to truth and reporting about yes. truth, regardless of what's occurring today. Right. The the principles of journalism mm-hmm. are are still as important as they were. And there's no guarantee that they'll win out. Well, but. that is kind of, you know, one of the scary things, and they kind of touched on that mm-hmm. as well. My my biggest observation overall was when I thought, when I think about the, the, the premise of the show, and I deliberately, you know, read what was on the ticket, the building block of democracy, the role of the free press in America. It was really about Trump. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I, was, oh, yeah. I, I was really expecting them to, to use Trump in context of what's happening in journalism today. And Fair I didn't enough. think it was going to be about what a lying, thieving, corrupt monster that he is. But they went out they and, and 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 what I kept thinking about in that in that way was they can't separate the the journalistic part 
of being of, of the topic, right? The topic is the journalism. Mm-hmm. And so when they when they're talking about journalism today, they have to attach it to the topic of the day, which is Trump. Right. So I was expecting myself, I was expecting a more, I don't know, esoteric sort of uh, deliberation and thoughtful you know, information sharing about journalism, but it really wasn't about journalism. Yeah. I, I and, think you, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I, I would say, I think you would have gotten that if we, had, we were in a, a quote normal regime right now, but you would have had one third of the side of the crowd and you would have made probably just make mostly journalism geek types yeah. or people in that, yeah. and, that discipline. And, and the moderator did try to bring it back into journalism, I thought, yeah. and not just talk about Trump, but they just kept going there. Yeah. You know? But Trump's the reason I think two-thirds of people were there. It, well, it motivated people to be interested in them being I think it was I think it was more than two-thirds. I, I mean, this phenomenon about Trump is it, getting so narrow. I, you know, they could have said, you know, by a show of hands, you know, who is supporting this current administration? I didn't think anybody was there until there was that one part that they, that uh, Bernstein said he won the Electoral College, he's officially your president. And there was a, about 30 people that were clapping. And they, they I were the read only... that a little differently, though. I did, too. I, I agree that at first when you hear cheers really? saying, this, he's the president... It doesn't matter. I read that as more people agreeing or agreeing. That's a logical standpoint. He is the president. By and, the like, yes. and the whole yes. thing of the not my president. I don't want him to be our president either. Doesn't matter at this point what I want or how I feel about it. He is the president, and what he's doing has an effect on the present and the future. And they're being good journalists at that point, yes. saying he's the president. That's a fact. And and they know enough about constitutional law that said even if he is ousted. All of the things that he has done still stand. I thought it was kind of a not a very good question, you know. <laughs> well, I, I don't think they posed the question right. I think the, what the question was I, I is agree. if you illegally have become the president. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Should all those things be rejected or at least considered to be rejected? And I would say yes, they should at least be looked at. I whether don't know you, that can, you can, whether but... you can. Or not. But at this point but in time, they, there's that, no charges, there's nothing. I believe that right was the now. point of the question. And they she answered that correctly. posed yeah. it to them wrong, and they they, they did not answer the question. Like, I would have done the follow up question that says, How illegitimate would a election have to be in order for you to annul the administration? Like, like what if they were, you know, stuffing ballot boxes? What if they, you know, you know is there is there any bar that is too low to say that you know? But and even if even if that was true and he's impeached and convicted, whatever, and they deem that they things that he measures he's taking can be annulled or whatever the word mm-hmm. that they used, does it really make a difference to the damage it's done to kids that were taken away from their families to to the the way that the rest of the world sees us because. They're right. People voted for him. He didn't come out of nowhere. I, I appreciated that point that he made. He didn't come out of nowhere. Bernstein tried to make that point several times. And I, yes. I agree with that. I it's not yeah. a this isn't a random yeah. phenomenon. It's people voted for him, people supported him and 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 we know for uh, a reason. Just you know, from you know, our own experiences that and other things that we pick up on that Trump's election 
says just as much about American culture as it does Trump. Yep. And, and, oh, it's and, a mirror on the And, and Bernstein, you know, hit on that as well. So, you know. The other thing that they kind of went into, and, um, you know, perhaps it could have gone a little bit more in depth, but it, it could have taken up the entire hour and a half, too, was Trump's attack on journalism and what that means to journalism today. So she kind of asked that question, and, you know, they talk about the physical bodily harm that could happen to a journalist, but... I wish they would have said Khashoggi, because I think I that, thought they were too. I thought I, that is well, exactly. everyone was thinking that, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Along I, with what they, obviously the Russians and a whole bunch of other tin pod dictators blatantly do to, to, to quiet any kind of free or open press. Yeah. I wish they would have said And, and we assume, because we're, I think, decent principled people, and most people are in this country, that it couldn't happen here. Well, I didn't think it would happen in Germany either in the 30s. It's slippery slope. Yeah, no, I think, and and that's where they feel, and 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 she even said it. Paul even talked about how anytime you're doing a story, there's a certain level of fear because you, you you're exposing, you're putting that light on something that people don't want to oh, yeah. necessarily get yeah. out. And politics know? ain't beanbag, especially I, at that level. I I, uh, I I will often argue with uh, you know the, the the Trumpsters when they say, well, they never report anything good about the president. Well, do something good, maybe we will. I, I don't even take that tack. The tact is that's not their job. Their job is not reporting to reporting what's happening. Is, is to is is to praise him. You know, even if he does good thing, their 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 job is really to be cynical, skeptical, question, and uncover the bad things that happen yeah. in the world. That's really what their job is. They're they're not a PR firm, so you know. I, I don't know how many times they praise things that Obama did. I don't think a lot. I think the you know, you know, they, you know, look look at the way that the press has been against the Clintons. I mean, they've been merciless against the Clintons over the years. You know, rightfully or wrongfully, but they see that as their job. So, you know, I, I don't really, um, uh, I, I don't really buy the the notion that they should. Uh, they should report the good things that Trump does, whatever they are. <laughs> Nothing Again, really comes not their to mind. job. Their job right. just to report what is happening out there, and, and that's that's why they have a fear. So even if you're reporting on, you know, the the Humane Society that has got some bad actors in it, and they're you know abusing animals in some way, the journalist is putting themselves at risk by exposing people. That may not want to be exposed on multiple levels. Their livelihood, their access—it's that's a business too, and that—that's a—that's probably another night's subject. Is they're so worried about their access, they're, they sometimes are inhibited in their ability to get to the truth mm-hmm. because to get access, you have they to have play to, along. They have to play along. Yes. Yep. And as soon as you put somebody on a hot seat, then you don't have access. Well, your career just went sideways. See, that that, that would have been a proper question. <laughs> I thought the audience questions were lame. Yeah, it's entertainment. <laughs> and long. Uh, yeah, why one, would they, I mean, and the last one, too. Why would they pick those? Page two. <laughs> <laughs> question yeah. one, page two. Uh, what you were just uh, saying there, Wave, about um, access and getting to the truth. They used the You're term. Right, Joe Reezy. Uh, best attainable truth, a couple times, and that was a mantra that they 
they live fast obtainable version of the truth. Ah, okay. I'm, I'm keeping notes in the dark. Because I was trying. No, I was trying to think of an, an acronym. acronym. For it. Bob it. Bob it. Bob it. <laughs> Elena or what's her name? Yeah. <laughs> Poor John. Uh, so be- best obtainable version, version of, of the, the truth, truth. And, and that's kind of where they draw the line for journalism right that's their that's their bar that's what he was saying right that's that's what their responsibility is yeah and you know what that actually kind of reminded me of is it was in in the early podcasts that we did you had mentioned about i believe it was you you had mentioned it. <laughs> well, you were here. Maybe not. Or maybe it was you. No, no, it was you. It, w- it was about evidence in court. That was you, wasn't it? Uh, re- refresh my memory. You, you, were, you were making the point that y- you can't absolutely positively prove something beyond any doubt at all. There, there's B-O-V-T. Yeah. Same thing in court. Yeah. It's, it's the obtainable version of the truth, and then it gets decided from that point. And, and they You'll went never, on. Never ever be able to prove it all. And they went on to say, kind of, that's where their responsibility ends because yeah. it got into the fake news conversation. And, and the moderator did try and get them to talk more about fake news, and they really kind of skirted that issue, I, I thought. And they. You know, they said they don't have an answer for it. And I think that's a genuine... That's an honest answer. Honest answer, right. Yeah. I, I, the honest answer, my opinion, if somebody asked, is... We're asking. People, this is bottoms up. People have to have intellectual curiosity, and people have to want to find answers. But obviously, there's a, there's a huge cross-section out there, and this may never change, unfortunately, of people that would just prefer someone tells them what to think. And that... That gets you a Fox TV. That gets you yeah. a whole lot of hate radio, whatever you want to call it. But these people are more than willing to tell you what to think. I mean, the way they put it is it's not our job or their job to determine how the news is received, how the information is received yeah. by the people. That was interesting. They, they can only put that. it out. Yeah. yeah. I really appreciate it. They said that even on a, some, a different topic, I think they even said that. Two or three times. It's not our job. Yeah, Flat bo- out, that's they not our that job. They boiled that down nicely. It's, it's the job of the people that are receiving it, you, all of us. Yeah. Conscientious And you would consumer. hope that people would have more curiosity, dig a little deeper. But I, I think it just comes down to how some people are wired. And they, they want absolutes, they want simple, and they want to get on with their life. And that's how they end up you know, voting for this clown. <laughs> <laughs> Big Wave just held up our bottle opener. Uh, <laughs> Without, it's um, a likeness of uh, your president. So uh, and uh, president. Uh, yeah. That, Sorry. Yeah. That kind of trademark or president. They're interchangeable. <laughs> that, I prefer dunce. That kind dunce of is re- easier to say. It kind of reminds me of. I think it was another audience question of the. How do we know? What, as like on social media was kind of. I feel like what the angle of the question was like when you're online. How do you know what's quote unquote fake news or mm-hmm. credi- credible? I guess is what the question posed. I was annoyed because they said young people, and I was sitting there fuming a little bit, and and the moderator pointed that out, and in my opinion, I feel like younger people, there's a difference between the young generation who's 
involved in politics and mm-hmm. curious about it because there's plenty that do not care at all and are ignorant, whatever. But I think there's more literacy, at least from a personal standpoint, I feel like I've grown up in this generation of social media and all this where I can look at something and be like, that's not real. That's or that's just somebody random wrote that versus something that's more credible. I might have to dig a little, but I, I, I on Facebook I'm friends with people who are my age, who are a generation above me, you know, older people, and the I see more people reposting stuff that are of older generations. They aren't as literate, and I think that's a skill that you have to learn is is weeding out information in this age when there's so much dumped on you constantly, TV, online, everything. But it's I a always, skill to develop. I, I always take the position that it's not that difficult to skill. No, the, it's the, not. The, but the weeding out of real news versus fake news. It's, it's not. It's, it's, it, it takes a couple of minutes. It's not. You, I agree. you can read the article. You can. Are there links? Are there sources cited? You, you it's know. motivation for the most uh, part. How is the article? It's intellectual laziness. Yeah, it's Words laziness. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and some people are just attracted to, and this goes on, and you know, it will keep going on, and with other despots and blowhards and bloviators like Trump, some people just are attracted to that level of self-assuredness, wrong as it may be. The age of the selfie. <laughs> That's part of it. And just that absolutism. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the strangest thing. Obviously, we're not a cut of that cloth, but I don't know how you get past it, and I don't know if we'll ever get rid of that 25 or 30% same as when Bush was on his way out of office. There were still 25 or 30% of people still carrying they, water. They, they did address fake, new, fake news in one way, and I thought it was really spot on. That is, it's the media's job to call out fake news. That there's, a, yeah. there, there's a story within fake news that the real media needs to call out. And he said they're the only ones that can do it. And Right, because us on Facebook really... We don't have that kind of reach, right? We're getting there on Twitter. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I may have cost you a couple of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and I, I would actually, I would actually probably purport that the media doesn't do a good job of calling out the fake well, media. Well, don't you think though? I, I, I took the point they made with that. But don't you think, though, there's so much going on that if, if these guys have to constantly chase the fake news, they're, they're, going, they're, they're chasing their tails. They're, they're trying to keep up with it's a balance. It is the, really a balance. the everyday stuff that this shithole administration pumps out, this bilge. They're they're just trying to keep up with it because every day it's something. And, and so and now you got to have, keep up with that. And then to try and to go after what's considered fake news and and try and expose it so we understand it. It's like okay. I, I don't know. This who, leads into your unanswered the, question of fact checking. But, 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 <laughs> but good point. Which would have been a much better question. Uh, yes. Okay. But but here's and where a lot shorter. Yeah. Here's where the MSM. Okay, and they don't yeah. really like that term. But ha- here's you use it all the time. <laughs> Lack of better. Okay. But here's how they lose that battle. Because the fake news outlets, half of their reporting, half of their story is pointing out when CNN or MSNBC or somebody else gets it wrong. They spent, they devote a lot of time, The right, Fox News as well. I don't really watch much Fox News anymore, but they'll spend a lot of time talking about 
how CNN got it wrong. You know, the, the, the whole Covington kids thing. Okay, there was the story of what that event was. But the right-wing media totally blew up the story about how the MSM got it wrong. Kind of. There's a lot of nuance in that story. We could debate that. But that's what the narrative became. Where is the story? Like, I, I, I was scrolling Breitbart. Did I say scrolling? I, I meant trolling. <laughs> Breitbart the other day. And they had a headline up there that said um, something to the effect of uh, lawyers... Uh, again, it was about the Covington kids. They just they, they get on these things. They can never get off. Covington kids lawyers... It's good for hat sales. Yeah. Covington Co- Covington Catholic lawyers are now sending lawsuit letters out to 54 news outlets and celebrities for libel and defamation. Okay? That was the headline. If you read the story, that's not what's happened. There are threatening and they are preparing to perhaps send these letters with no real ask involved either. So it was kind of like, here's the headline. But CNN and MSNBC are never going to spend time calling out Breitbart for a misleading headline. And their goombas see the headline and, oh, wait till the dollars start flowing. That'll shut the liberals up, you know. Here's an idea. I like ideas. Let's keep the quote-unquote credible sources that we trust i guess on our end whatever Mm -hmm. the higher up the bigger msnbc whatever you want to call it let them do what they're doing report on what's happening just as they've always been and these all these other countless sources that are the less credible on the same level as not on the same level as a breitbart but these people who are bloggers whatever how about they call out the fake news leave them to report on what's happening and do you know what I'm saying? That doesn't make any sense. Who? I'm saying all, you know how there's ton, so many sources right now that yeah. people can't weed through what's credible. Let the credible report the news. Yes. And all these other people who agree with the news already, who are also reporting the news but are less credible sources, they're just reposting or re oh, hashing oh, out on, stuff. on either side of the aisle. Yes. The people on the more left you, you know, and calling I think- out, they take on that. There's and, a shit and I think they call out how are, Breitbart is calling out. That's all Breitbart does is call out the other side. The, there are it's 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 not um, it's not news sources that do it. There are individuals within those news sources. Yeah. So I, I'm not very good at the names of these reporters, but yes, there are art. There are writers for the Hill or Axios that say, okay, here's what happened with the Covington kids. Here's the way the right wing media is reporting it, and here's you know yes. kind of how this thing is settling out. And, and, and trying to, to cover both of them where you don't have the CNNs and the MSNBCs right. and NBCs of the world doing it. So, um, I've got a question about fake news. How can a president that has 8,435 lies, <laughs> documented lies, fibs, whatever you want to call them, how can he not be considered fake news? He is considered fake news, yes. No, but I mean... How does he get away with pointing the finger of fake news when they've got this guy dead to rights? He's a con Well, that's a rhetorical question. I know the answer to it, but it's just... Answers, because it is multiple level. It's it's mind-boggling that these uh, people that gobble this drivel up (laughs) on a daily basis that... And you know what? 
7,000 of those 8,000 lies are so easily provable. Some of them, the other 1,000 maybe take a little work, little stats, stat man. But it, it's absurd, and yet they, they continue to just eat that crap up. I, I just don't get it. What, what's wrong with them? The demon of pomposity. 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 The demon of pomposity. <laughs> People's egos get in the way of all of this stuff. People, I think there's millions and millions of Trump supporters out there who think that Trump is a deplorable person, but their ego is never going to let them admit that. Ego is such a powerful force in in um, people. I don't want to say culture. I don't know if it's more powerful in American culture as it is in you know European or Asian culture, but you know that'd be interesting to to look that up. So, what was my favorite part? Of today's uh, forum, anyone know? What was your favorite part? We'll let you start since you asked. Podcasts are good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's right. Uh, shout out to Carl. Carl was like, there's a lot of good podcasts out there. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I thought he was going to say bottoms up. <laughs> oh, Mark he's, was, gonna... he's writing a speech. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to invite me up. <laughs> <laughs> that extra that chair. Good. How about you, Big Wave? I just wanted to get that. I don't care. No, that's hilarious. No, that's a good question. I, I think that the uh, um, the fact that he even called it out was interesting and in that it, kind of a recognition of the other kind of news sources that are out there. And, you know, Bernstein wasn't just going to throw out there that podcasts are a way for fake news and bad information to get out there. He said there's, he said there's a lot of good ones out there, you know, and... Uh, I'm sure he has listened to Bagman. I would oh. guarantee you he has, yeah. he has listened to, to Bagman. By Rachel, yep. Yeah. I would say my favorite uh, part of the night was uh, when Woodward was talking about his interviews with Gerald Ford. Same. That's what I was going to mm-hmm. say, too. And he, the story. He yeah. got him to actually come clean <laughs> with why he pardoned Nixon. And, and, and that goes to oh. his reputation... Okay. Of being the guy that can get people to talk, because he that that kind of is one of Woodward's. Okay, know. so okay, I I actually made a note about that because I'm a little bothered by that. You don't okay, think so that, tell you that it's fake news? No, no, not fake news. So we so we buy the story, and Woodward buys the story that Ford pardons Nixon because it was better for the country than to send that crook to jail. Well, did you did you listen to Bagman since you mentioned it? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, well, then we can't have that conversation. I'm having that conversation. No, right now. no, the bagman conversation. Oh no, Carry we can't on. have that conversation. <laughs> but, but, and and that brought me right to today's world. Okay, uh, let's us let's say that Trump gets impeached. Okay, I, I don't know if they drag down Pence with it, right? Are are we going to forgive Pence the way Woodward forgives Ford and, and, and puts forth the story that the, com- the country has to move on if Pence pardons Trump? Hmm. I'm not sure that I feel comfortable with that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay, Woodward said, hi, I knew there was a deal. There was corruption. Ford, you know... You know, claims you know to his deathbed there was no no deal, no corruption, and he did it for the good of the country. I'm not sure I'm satisfied with that answer. I I I I want to challenge Woodward on that. I I think that's uh, 
I think that's once again this political class that protects itself. And even though Trump is an outsider, he's really not that far out of an outsider anymore. He's not an outsider. And just like, you know, Obama didn't go after the bankers. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going to we're going to look forward. We're going to, you know, move forward. We don't want to, you know, bog down the country in this. And and, And I think until those things start to happen, that really put the fear of jail time, because unfortunately, in today's political climate, the only thing that matters is criminal activity, guilty with jail time. Nothing else matters. No unethical behavior is going to make anyone run from their party. Jail time is it. And, you know, impeachment for the president, yes. But I'm not sure that I really take that answer from Woodward and am satisfied with it because I think it sets up Pence's pardon for Trump. Speaking of Pence, think about the grand scheme of things and and all the garbage that's going on in his administration. Do you believe he's not going to get sucked under as well? He has to know. I think he could get sucked he, under he, in some ways. But he's got to be involved to some degree in this mess. You, you can't function in an environment like that. But I don't see that's where it goes. I, 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 I want to go there with you, Fred. I but think I, he's slippery enough and his underlings are slippery enough to make sure he's got, for lack of a better term, plausible deniability Yes. to weasel through that. that that's why he's sitting back. I mean, why would he put up with all this? Just because... Yeah. He's got to know he's got a pretty good chance of being president. I, I think it's a little fantasy land to think that the whole thing is going to get sucked down in. I, I just, you know, at, at, at best, maybe there, I, I think really at best, there's enough pressure to put on Trump that he resigns or he will be impeached. And then once he's a citizen, do you indict? Hell to the yeah. But I think, I think Pence pardons. For the good of the country. You see the way he just sits Our there and, and looks at him and fawns at him during the, the so-to, right? I mean, it's kind of like, it's really rather disgusting. That's what a proper politician does like, at that level that wants that job. And they, if, they, if they do it across parties like Obama did, they're, and they, they're, they do it within party. So I, I, said, I, I, was, I was a little disappointed in, in, in Woodward accepting that as it's good for the good of the country. It was... Also for the good of Ford, because Ford said he didn't want to have two years of presidency. Oh, it'd been a quagmire, obviously. Of of what would happen with Nixon. Well, who gives up about what Gerald Ford's problems are as president? I don't. You got to be in a size thirteens at that point, I think. You know, yeah. <laughs> big big guy. So now, you made a good point. I, you made a great point. And then there's a lot of twists and turns there, and you know, but. I, I, Going back to mid seventies, do you do you put the rest of that term into a constant state of chaos, which they just came out of two years of chaos? No, like 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 let's say they did that. Let's say Ford doesn't pardon Nixon, and they go after Nixon. Right? We we know Watergate ends at the resignation, but if he ended up going through a trial and getting prosecuted or getting in, uh, found guilty or whatever, convicted. We would have a different take on on Watergate today. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, good or bad for the country. Part of me says it would have been better for the country because it's putting a stake in the ground that says, you know what, we will jail you as a politician. I think in absolutist terms, you're right. But, but I don't know. The, the world's a little more gray. I think. 
right or wrong. That's uh, uplifting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought it was a fantastic uh, event, and again, uh, privileged to be a part of because. You know, how often do you get to see what wooden birds? It's rare air, so, man. Yeah, it's great. Cool. So kudos to uh, Wave for big Wave. Yeah, thank you for up. The, thanks for having me. Thank you for the tickets. Mm-hmm. Definitely appreciate the invite. Uh, I got to say that uh, a big Wave's got to be in the for me category. <laughs> <laughs> right down the middle. What do you call it? Meh. 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 I'm gonna say it's not for me. All right. Okay. I drink more. <laughs> I would drink more too. I'm gonna to go the for me on this. I'm going for me. All right. If I saw it on the menu, I would I would certainly order it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this has been fun, and uh, it it was fun to do remote again, and especially spontaneously, edition, spontaneously Spontaneous. without a script. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's it then. All right. And we'll uh, see you guys on Epi 13. Oh, tell them about Epi 13 real quick. Epi 13. Big one on the beer front. It's the big beer show. Better be. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're planning we on it. We thought this last week, too. <laughs> I've heard yeah, it all we, we have rescheduled our good buddy, Gabby. He's going to bring his... Uh, his nostrils and his taste buds along, and he's going to teach Healthy nostrils and taste yeah, buds. Yeah, healthy this time. And uh, he's going to teach us the ins and outs of how to properly drink beer, what to look for, how to pour it, how to drink it, how to live it, how to love it. Uh, That's the plan. And I'm coming with lots of stats on the craft beer industry, particularly in Michigan, to bore you. Yeah. <laughs> should should uh, he sick out, you can invite me to come <laughs> talk about gin. Yes. <laughs> I'll just drink more. <laughs> the Dill said now he wants to be a part of that show. The Dill? Yeah. <laughs> Why? I, I, I thought it was a little odd. He's like, it's oh, it's all about beer. I got to be there. And I'm like, well, I think I only had enough glasses for four flights <laughs> each. All right, okay, let's go. I think, I think he needs to give us a good business plan, and we'll, we'll decide. All right, here we go. Bottoms, Bottoms up. Out. Cheers out. Because, baby. Cause baby, I hate you Cause baby